On today's episode of Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak, we talk the latest news and trade rumors around Major League Baseball as the trade deadline is approaching. Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak starts right now. Welcome in. I'm Ryan Klimchak. He's Jay Klimchak. It's been a while since the last episode, but uh, other than baseball, there's really hasn't been that much to talk about, I'd say, right? NFL training, aside from NFL training camp. Yeah, it's it's early, though. I know the Bears have a lot of, uh, uh, or their number one draft pick, their first round draft pick, Roquan Smith. They still need to sign him, but other than that... Uh, I don't feel like there's a lot of NFL news yet. I, th- I think as training camp and, and the preseason approaches, and it'll approach fast here, I think there'll be more to talk about on that front. But for right now, let's talk some baseball. Jake, what are what are some of your thoughts here since, since the last episode we put out there uh, about what's been happening around Major League Baseball pretty much? Because I think a lot's happened. Uh, the last couple weeks or so, and a lot of new teams we're seeing sort of emerge in wild card races. Uh, I know Colorado's back into the wild card race, and they were able to get right back into it only a game and a half back, uh, entering Thursday night here. Oakland's been on fire. They seem to be one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in baseball, probably since early June. And then they come back uh, and win a lot of games uh, from from behind they come in uh they're able to to co- play the spoiler role of comeback I should say I don't know I was putting it a little bit confusing but they're able to come back from games that they probably shouldn't have any business winning but it just seems to be that kind of year for Oakland so so what are your thoughts around Major League Baseball so far and just the landscape of everything as far as the big trade that we saw go down last week, I think Machado to the to the Dodgers, I think that that's, that's about as big as it gets. I, I think that the Dodgers solidified themselves as the favorite out of the National League. And Vegas has as them of as today. the favorite, too, uh, right after the Machado trade. And Vegas I understand before at- we just went on here, the Cubs uh, have agreed to terms with uh, Cole Hamels in a deal. So Cole Hamels should be on his way to Chicago. I don't. I still don't know if that catapults the Cubs up to being the favorite. I think that the Dodgers right now are the favorite in the National League. Yeah, I, w- I would probably have to agree with that too. Uh, the National League, I think it's really interesting because the National League, I don't want to say it's having a, a terrible year, but it just doesn't look like... I mean, the teams at the top, they wouldn't even be at the top if they were in the American League. I'll just put it that way. For example, the Cubs are 60-42, and 42, and Oakland, who's out of the second wild card spot, they have just as many wins as the Cubs. They're 60-43. and 43. 
So it's kind of crazy to think how good the American League actually has been this year. Boston is on fire. My God, they they just don't seem to lose. And, and I have a tough time believing anybody's going to beat them or Houston out of the American League. I think one of those two teams is going to represent the AL in the World Series. And both of those two teams haven't really made a whole lot of moves yet. We'll see if they make anything closer to the deadline, but... But who knows? And what do you think some of their needs are for Houston and Boston? We'll go through those two first. We'll mainly talk about the contenders here. I think maybe just depth at positions for both of those teams. I think it never hurts to add another bullpen arm in Houston's regard. I mean, we saw what happened to Giles, you know, getting sent down and all that stuff. He wasn't able to figure it out that much. I do think that a a bullpen arm, I think that would help Houston pretty good and also I think that on Boston's case I think that also a bullpen arm would help them yeah I I I don't know Boston seems to have a good uh a good grasp on things in the AL East just looking at the standings in in the American League East uh things have almost started to get away from the Yankees I don't want to say that they're out of (laughs) the division race quite yet I mean they're only five and a half out but Boston's got a real chance here to separate from the Yankees and the Yankees just acquired uh Jay Happ earlier today I know was that earlier today it was it was yeah Uh, because I know they've been kicking the tires for a while there on that move but it became official today Happ is now on the Yankees that's going to give a much needed boost to the Yankees but still Boston just I mean, we'll see if they're able to just run away with this. I think that the disparity between the first team into the postseason and then that second wildcard team, I think they're, it's closer is that than any other sport, let's say. Yeah. So like basketball and, and even football with the wild cards, you have the uh, the first, the best team, let's say the one seed and then the eight seed for like basketball and hockey and whatnot. I feel like the disparity between those two teams in baseball, I feel like it's so much closer. And I think a lot of that has to do with sometimes, you know, you just get hot at the right time in baseball. How often do we see wildcard teams end up just getting red hot and playing good? We saw it with the Cubs a few years ago in uh, 2015, making it to the NLCS. And then we saw it uh, with the the Giants the year prior, winning the World Series. I I just think that the wildcards, I I don't know if it's fair to, to peg uh, Boston or even Houston for that matter in the American League in a very competitive American League I don't think it's it's safe to to declare a winner even between one of those two teams as good as they are so you think that I think it's still wide still open for grabs just as much as the NL I think but I do think teams are better in the AL than they are in the NL this year how could you sleep on the Cleveland Indians? I understand they play in the worst division in baseball, but you're telling me in a best of seven series, do you want to face Kluber? Do you want to face Trevor Bauer this year? I don't think I want to see either one of those two guys. I don't want to see either one of them in a game. Pitching is really important in, in the postseason. Yeah, don't get me wrong. You'll have to see those don't guys at least twice in a series probably. But... I don't think Cleveland's as good as, as they were even the last two years. I, I don't know if it's because there's I don't thunder think... out of the lineup, 
uh, you, losing Santana. I know Carlos Santana's had a iffy year with the Phillies. He's been able to drive in a decent number of runs and, and been able to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But but losing that production, I, I don't really feel – I don't feel great about their offense. Yes, I'll just put can... it that way. And the back end of their bullpen, getting Brad Hand is a very underrated move. I really like that move. But the question is, is it enough to uh, to fix what – many considered to be the worst bullpen among the competing teams this year. Here's what I know happened last year, right, with the Indians. Okay, best record in the American League, right? Yeah. They went on that massive, what was it, 21-22 game win streak. Yeah. Tying the Moneyball, the Moneyball team back in Oakland in 02. So what I'm what I'm trying to say here is that, like, I don't think being a, the one seed in the postseason for baseball, I don't think it matters that much. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would agree with the that. the Yankees beat them last year. Yeah. The wild card team. I, I do agree with you when you say the American League is going to be up for grabs, even with all the, the trading that goes on here the next couple days, uh, and even the waiver moves maybe the couple will see in August. I, I think the American League, you're right there, where the American League will be up for grabs, and there there isn't really a team also, that you can count out. Another another uh, point of inference I want to make with the Indians, too, Let's say they're matched up against the Yankees or Red Sox. You know, I don't I don't know how much managers impact games, but they could. But Terry Francona is one of the best in baseball. Yeah. He's he's a Hall of Fame manager. It's true. So you're matching him up against Cora or or Boone, both having really good years behind, you know, leading their teams in the clubhouse and stuff. But I just I think that the Indians like I th- I feel like they have a target on their back because I feel like we're sleeping on them. Just because they play in the 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 horrible AL Central, is Oakland's gonna pass Seattle? Do you see that happening in the second wild card race in the American League? Because Oakland, Oakland seems to be, like I said earlier, the hottest team in baseball right now. You, they're the back end of their bullpen. How could you not love that? And getting Familia too makes even uh, the probably the best bullpen in baseball even better. And I think that you're. Uh, I think that I'm starting to come around to the A's. Like, as a team, I'm starting to buy into them, just watching them play now. And having those comeback wins, it's pretty cool. But you also wonder at some point, we saw it with the Indians last year, you know, playing hot around this time, I'd say. You wonder if, t- if the A's may have peaked a little bit too early. Like, don't wouldn't you want this, like, in the last, like, month of the year versus in late July? Cause let's say they go into a slump in the last like week or so, and they're in they're in the middle of the wild card race. That could be the difference that they had this little win streak here, versus, you know, when when it matters closer to the end of the year. What makes me feel good about Oakland's chances, uh, is that there's really only one team they need to worry about. It's not like the usual second wild card race where you have a couple teams, even in the NL. Shoot, you you have a couple teams in there within five games of that second uh, second wild card spot. So for the AL, it's really only Oakland and Seattle eyeing for that second uh, second wild card spot, and Oakland's only a game and a half out there. And like, don't you think that? These teams are going to finish within five games of each other anyway. So so I'm not really worried. I think both of these teams can keep up the pace. 
Seattle's been a little, they've been struggling just a little bit, four and six in their last 10. But I'm not, you know, I'm not so sure both of them can just continue this pace and make it for a very interesting last couple of weeks, if not just last week of the season between those two teams. And we also just talked about the Familia ad for the A's. That's a good ad. But you also wonder if the A's are going to be willing to give up some of their prized prospects. I think the Mariners are probably further oh, no. ahead and more willing yeah. to give up some younger talent. So you wonder if that could have an effect on this race. You're probably right. If I'm Oakland, I don't think there's very much more I no, would there's, do or, there's or not much they can do because you're you're handcuffing yourself to to winning this year when maybe you have a better chance still the next two or three years. Yeah, because I I thought Oakland was gonna really start to be good next year. They they looked like a 500 team. I think Just they had only 87 ago. losses last year, not quite 90 losses, which was decent. They have one of the best managers in the game, as far as I'm convinced, in uh, Bob Melvin, but. Oakland, they they might starting be starting to trend up as an organization in the right direction a little bit early. We see this very often. I think a lot of people said 2019 was going to be the year where they were going to really uh, start to push again for the playoffs. But you see guys, young stars like Chapman and Olsen at the corners for them, really emerging. They've been really good. Jonathan Lucroy's had a good year behind the plate. Just a lot of things are going right. Sean Mania looks like an ace, uh, finally. I think that was long-awaited in Oakland and questioned often. So there's not a whole lot of moves they need to make that that would set them back for the future. But I, I think getting another starter would be the one move I would make, the one more move I would make if I'm Oakland, right? Just a back end of the rotation guy. In that big ballpark, you can never go wrong with pitching. They, there's there hasn't been a team much better than Oakland in constructing a team that plays well to their ballpark and with all the foul territory there it's definitely a pitcher's friendly park would a James Shields or, or a back end of the rotation guy who can eat up innings would that be a good fit I think it would and it probably wouldn't be that much of a cost either and you wouldn't have to part with any of your younger players in your system right yeah I think that that'd yeah. be That'd be probably the more realistic option for the A's because I think it's highly unlikely that they part with some of their no. coveted prospects that they worked so hard they. to get. It's the second wild card. Nor should Seattle, to be honest. I, I think when, when you have a two-team race, because that's all it is, Tampa is nine games back. They're not They're not going to make it that interesting yeah, in the it, second wild card. Still, when it's a two-team race, you, you want to make moves. But, like, don't get carried away because it's, it's still a wild card. It's still one game. And, and you have to go to New York, too. To New York. I don't think that either one of those teams, as much as I love them this year, I don't think either one of them is going to go to New York and beat the Yankees at Yankee Stadium in a one-game playoff when you have Severino on the mound. That's just what I think. I feel like you'd see teams be more aggressive if it wasn't just a one-game playoff, yeah. even if it was best of three. And I've advocated for that. I think a best of three would be great for those wild card rounds. Because I think that one game, it just it puts so much of a risk on on general managers and presidents and whatnot. I think that it, it makes their jobs a lot harder because you, you, you have to look around and say, are we really in this thing or sh- should we even bother for that matter? We've We've rebuilt for a while. I don't know if we should be so aggressive in this uh, in this trade deadline. 
Okay, let's talk NL Central. You mentioned Cole Hamels to the Cubs. That's a done deal pending a physical. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, Even though the Cubs have had their fair share of injury, bad luck, if you will. But how do you see the NL Central shaping up? Because I see, when I look at the Milwaukee Brewers, I've had this concern for a while with them. Doesn't it look like a lot of what happened last year they haven't had a the last couple series for them have been not so great coming out of the all-star break I would say I get granted they had to play the Dodgers right out of the break that's not easy but they just they're they're good but I I don't think they're at that next level yet to where I'm convinced they can go out and and beat the Cubs for the NL Central you're probably right on the NL Central regard, but I don't think the Brewers are that much like the team last year because last year, if I recall, I don't think that they were right in the thick of things in the wild card race, right? Because the Diamondbacks and Rockies were really good last year. I think the Brewers have a clear shot at one of the wild card spots this year. They yeah, only even have, with some of their losing ways. No, the they only have a game lead on that first wild card spot. Two games off of the uh, the third third place team, if you will, Arizona. That wild card might not be as as sure as as people think. But Atlanta looks stop. really good. They're in one of the weaker divisions, I would say. Pittsburgh's been really good lately. Colorado too. I mean, there's a lot of wins between Colorado and Arizona. Probably those teams could beat up on each other, and that could hurt both of them down the stretch. But does Milwaukee have this as locked up even for a wild card? I don't know if they do. I think they need to go. They need to go all in just to make the playoffs. But now. I feel like that's the same kind of risk we're talking about with the the A's and even the Mariners, though in the AL. I don't know if it's worth if it's worth parting with some of your best prospects for just one shot this year. When you is you it, still have is it you still have Lorenzo Cain next year. Is you it still one have shot? Christian Yelich. But that but that's my point. Like, do they feel like there's like, isn't their core already in place? Like, don't they have an idea of what yeah. what their team wants to be the next, like, three to four You're years? right. Yeah, they do. Kane and Yelich, very good ads. Like, no one's going to dispute Shaw that. Too. Shaw, Shaw, looks like Shaw, Shaw looks player. like a good player. He's it's not solid. one of those, like, oh, he had a good year. Like, he looks like a really good and player then, who can drive in a lot of runs. And then Jesus Aguilar coming into his zone. Uh, but They have to re-sign Aguilar after yeah, this year. I, I think, think they'll get that'll get done. done. I think we'll get will. something done. They'll cross that bridge when they get to it. But what I'm saying is that I don't know if I'd go out and just spend pretty loosely on a bunch of rentals. Like Mustakas, Dozier, even Escobar, like guys like that don't make sense. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of some of these prospects, like I think it makes sense, but you need to do it for for club control on some of these players, preferably starting pitching. I don't think Moustakis to Milwaukee is necessarily a fit. I've seen the idea of moving Shaw to second base. I don't think that that would work out. It would make you worse defensively. But Moustakis, I will make this point to play devil's advocate with you. The market was not kind at all to Mike Moustakis uh, this last offseason in free agency. So who's not to say he wouldn't be able to turn around and you'd be able to re-sign him to a short deal, or even if it's like a long-term, I say long-term, but, but he's not going to get more a, than four years. That's too much of a guessing game, though. It is, but I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna have to give up a ton for Mike Mustak as 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 you would have last year if the Royals were were gonna trade him last year around the trade deadline. 
just because the free agent market was so bad for him. I just don't think that it, it I feel like it's too uncertain to give up young young players for for rentals when you might not even even if you do improve your team even if they did go out and get Machado I'm not sure if that would have made them better than the Cubs is there any move that you would make though giving up prospects for a player if you're Milwaukee if DeGrom or Syndergaard even someone like Archer maybe comes of becomes available I would do it because I think that those are those are worth like that's not really even much of a risk. I would say, I would get rid of my top two or three prospects for Degrom, or Syndergaard for that matter. But what I wouldn't do is is just start kind of, kind of trying to piece together a team on the fly for just half a year when you probably still realistically have a solid ch- shot at competing next year and the year after. It's, yeah. I, DeGrom's definitely the guy. If you get a Jacob DeGrom, which I don't know if the Mets are so sure about trading him, or Noah Syndergaard for that mind, that's a move that says we're ready to win the division. Okay, but if if the Brewers get, say, I know Kyle Gibson's been linked to them, the Twins starting pitcher, and like a Brian Dozier or something, that's good enough for me to say, okay, you're probably going to at least get a wild card. And, and if they don't do that kind of move then I think there's going to be a little bit of an issue there because they need to do something, and and hopefully they will. And they got Joaquin Soria, and I like their bullpen a lot. Sorry, I'm interrupting. But it's just like they're still missing something. I I can't explain it. I think you go out and get to Grom, and I think that it doesn't send a message for this year. I think it's more so next year because of that – that year of control it's oh, not a rental i think it sends a message about this year too if they get to grom i'm ready to put them out of the cubs especially with this chris bryant news heading back on the 10-day dl you don't know what his season the future of his season looks like this year given that uncertainty it's all it's full go like i'd i'd, I'd get rid of my farm system for jacob de he's he's been that good for the mats and he's arguably one of the best pitchers in the National League this year. See, moves like that make sense for a team where the Brewers are. I think that their their front office has, is faced with one of the toughest they, tasks. They need to find their version of a Jose Quintana trade, a trade that makes sense for two teams. At the time, it made sense for the Cubs, and it still kind of does because Eloy and, and Cease haven't been up for the White Sox yet. But they need to find a move similar to that, bringing in a controllable young pitcher who has at least one more year of control beyond this year and and probably going to have to get rid of maybe one one or two of your best prospects. Another and thing I, that I think that that's fine. we haven't fine. really talked about was kind of the injuries, too, on the pitchers, uh, for the pitchers for the Brewers. We saw Ryan Suter go down. He he looked like he was having a pretty good year. Numbers Brent wise, Suter. Brent Suter, not Ryan Brent Suter. Suter. Yeah, hockey. Uh, easy mix up. Yeah, easy. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure we've done that before. Probably. But if you look at this Brewers starting rotation just strictly off numbers, you'd look at their numbers and they don't match up like that badly against other teams. No. I think it's just the names you see in there. They're not household names. Like, I always say this. They have a rotation of a bunch of number two or number three guys. When have we ever seen them have an ace outside of Ben Sheets or even for half of the year when they had 
CC Sabathia. Zach Granke. 2011 Zach Granke, yeah. And the team wasn't very good when they had him, or in 2011. But did you see like, what was behind Granke back then? Yeah, he had a lot of hope. I, I, I just don't – I think the Brewers are in a weird position right now, and I don't know if I'm willing to, to say that they need to just go, like, start getting rid of all their prospects, even though they are in the division race still. I think it's going to come down right to the 3 o'clock deadline now on Monday for the Brewers to make a move. It's going to be hard. Those on the Twins make sense. At the very least, like I said, you can lock up a wild card spot with those guys on the Twins, whether they're looking at Gibson and Dozier or not even Dozier but Gibson. I think Eduardo Escobar should be drawing as much interest as he is. I think he'd be a great fit for a team like the Brewers with uncertainty at shortstop and and he'd fulfill a lot of needs because he can play anywhere like a Swiss Army knife. But they they need to do something else. They need to make another. Like, Soria's great. Their bullpen's really good. One of the best, if not the best, in the National League. You got to go out and get somebody more. You got to one-up that move, I think. And then that'll send them to the next level. And who knows where the injuries of the Chicago Cubs will take them. Cole Hamels has been iffy this year. We'll see how that goes for the Cubs. I think it'll help moving back to the National League at this point in Hamill's career, but we'll see how that works. I think that the Hamill's deal, I think that that there's kind of a message hidden under there, something about Darvish maybe. I don't look too much, because I think even if Darvish was pitching fine, because Hendricks you think has been, they'd go out and trade for yes, Hamels? Yes, I do. Because even if Darvish were healthy, yes, if if Darvish were healthy, I think I think that they still would. Because Chatwood hasn't been necessarily great this year, and and Hendricks hasn't been the same. He he's the one guy I'm really shocked about that hasn't been able to really find Quintana things this year consistently. Like we saw him last year. No, either. not really. But he's been better of late. I feel like. The only guy that's really been, like, extremely consistent for the Cubs this year has been John Lester. Yeah, and without him, there'd be major issues, and who knows how much longer you're going to have that moving in the next couple years. Do you worry about the Cubs' bullpen now? Because I look at their bullpen, and I don't know if it can – I don't know if it matches up as well in October. I don't like any of the – the NL team's bullpens, other than the Brewers, I'm not... What about the Dodgers, Jansen? I like Jansen at the ends, but they're not nearly as good as they were last year, I think. They still have Fields there, too, as a setup guy, but I'm not as crazy about their... I'm not as crazy about the Dodgers' pitching staff as I was last year. Kershaw's been in and out. He's been hurt. Their, their starting rotation, not not crazy about it so I don't know if they'll make a move too and get somebody the back end of the rotation it the NL's really it's gonna be really confusing almost to see I feel like I feel like there's a lot of teams that I don't know if I, I Cubs, just get a different vibe the from the Dodgers the this year. now after getting Hamels is I don't know what other moves they can make I yeah, said no, even I before think the Hamels be trade, like, I don't know how else they can improve themselves, even though there might be some holes on that roster. Like the Phillies and Braves, I think that they could go out and they, they could pretty much do almost anything they want to, given their farm system and all the flexibility they have there. The Cubs kind of, their farm system's been kind of cleaned out the last few years. 
So it's going to be harder for harder and harder for them to to make moves coming up to the deadline. We'll see if the Nationals decide to sell too. I I don't know that they'll do a complete teardown, but if some of their hitters, I mean, I don't think they'll trade Harper either way. Those three bullpen arms though, they have very reliable bullpen arms. One of them Herrera that they got this year. He he might flip onto a different team. And then Doolittle and Madsen. maybe Murphy. You think about trading Daniel Murphy. I I don't know what's gonna happen with Washington. Adam Eaton would be a hot commodity for your team too. There's a lot of pieces on that team where if if they decide to sell, they can really turn things around in Washington fast and think about the future fast. And it would benefit a lot of teams in baseball if the Washington Nationals decide to sell. I understand that they probably don't have the best odds at re-signing Harper, but. I don't think that like I don't think that just because them missing the playoffs this year I don't think that they should necessarily tear everything down and rebuild cuz I think that they did have injuries in the starting staff. Strasburg's pretty good. Scherzer's going to be good. He's one best right-handed pitcher yeah. in the game as far as I'm concerned. So I I don't think that the Nationals maybe outside of trading those bullpen arms I don't know if they should start tearing everything down I think it'd almost be a knee jerk reaction still even though they haven't won a playoff series Murphy has been hurt with Washington this year Eaton's he been doesn't hurt. seem he doesn't seem like I just feel like they're aging their core of hitters is aging Zimmerman. There's there's things that yeah, need to be done with that. You change the narrative team. with those three bullpen arms we just mentioned. You know the return you'd get on those. Those are guys that are pretty valuable. I think a lot of teams would be willing to give up a lot to get them. Yeah, it's a lot of value there, especially this time of year. We'll see. It, it'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out and in the trade deadline. Although it seems like a lot of big names the last couple of years, they've either gone early or they've been big contracts that were able to be moved through waivers in uh in August. So will we even see a lot of big names go July 31st? I don't know about that. There's not a whole lot of big names left on the market, right? Do we see Jose Abreu leave the White Sox? No, not now. Not what about Avisel Garcia? That's more likely than Abreu. Uh, I don't know what Garcia's value is going to be. I think that's a move it's made in the offseason. Yeah, if probably. It, if it happens at all, I think Shields is probably the only other guy who's inevitable. For the Sox, yeah. yeah. Sorio we saw coming, but Shields too. I think that think he's good enough to get traded this year for what it's worth. Yeah. He's been okay yeah. this year. Yeah, we'll see where Shields goes. Is he the best starting pitcher left? Who else? Because, again... Is Degrom and Syndergaard available? Yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know the availability. Story but seems even to Wheeler, I'd put ahead of, I'd put way ahead of. Shields. Oh yeah, Wheeler, yeah. And then you don't know what Tampa Bay is gonna do with their guys. Yeah, Dan, Danny Duffy. There's, there's better guys than there's better Probably. options than Shields, but Shields. The game James though, Shields you'll get at a discounted price, and, and you'll get innings. You'll yeah, you'll get innings. Yeah, he'll eat the innings for that. You. Might almost be a move made by like a a team that's running away with the division or or a. At the lead of a division, well, you know, like like what if Boston was able to put even, him at the back end? Not of the even bull, thinking not the about, bullpen. Sorry, the the rotation. Not even thinking about the postseason for James Shields, but just think about how many innings he can eat up in the dog days in August and September. I think that could get rid of a lot of wear and tear on 
the pitching staff that way. Guys don't need to throw yeah. as many innings. He'll that's why I. Innings. That's why I think he could be a move made by a, a team that uh, that looks like yeah. a clear clear shot for for the postseason because because of the fact he can eat up innings and just be a somewhat reliable source in the back end of a rotation. Okay, I think we covered a lot on this episode. This has been Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak. He's Jake Klimchak. I'm Ryan Klimchak. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye, everybody.